This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today, those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige, and engineering. First. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Hello and welcome to another episode of the World's Best Construction Podcast. I'm your host Fred and I'm here with Luke and Liam. How are you doing guys? How's your week been? Yeah, really good mate, really good. I, I tell you what guys, I've been getting into the Women's World Cup at the moment. I'm not sure mm. about you guys, but Same. I've been loving it. Like absolutely loving it. The games have been like really competitive and really entertaining to watch. Have you, you guys, you guys watching it? I don't know about you. I know you're the biggest football buff, Fred, but I know Luke is. Mm, I've I've been loving it, mate. I've been absolutely yeah. loving it. In fact, Australia and England are playing each other, aren't they? Mm. In the next game in the semi-finals. Um, so I'm hoping England will smash Australia. Will, will you go for England in this instance? Yeah. Well, here's the thing, mate. I my mum's English and my dad's parents are English. I got a British passport. I've always supported England when they're not playing New Zealand. <laughs> But I don't know. I'm getting a bit caught uh, up in the atmosphere here. You know what I mean? Kind of no, don't watching it. You've got to, you've got to get amongst it. I uh, dare look, you I, go down to an Aussie pub in an England kit. England. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been really good. It has been really, really nice. And it's I like um, how the players are like in, in terms of like respect. Like I like the way they are with each other and the staff and yeah, it's, mm. it, it is refreshing seeing it. It's doing the game some really good. And England won the Euros. So we watched that back in 21 and England won that. Mm. So that was, that was really good to see. So I think we're yeah. favourites at the moment, but let's see. Let's see. I mean, Just- I find it really good that you don't see heaps of dives. You know, when you watch the mm. men's world cup, you watch a lot of men's football and they're mm-hmm. just jumping around, like screaming on the ground and, Looks a little, a little pathetic. Um, I love it. Yeah, no, the the ladies are just getting on with it. You know, they get kicked in the leg. They continue. It's good. Yeah. That's how it should be. No, Who I agree, you? mate. You go, obviously you're going for for England, Fred. Have you been watching the games, mate? I haven't been watching the games. I've been following the bracket, so I'm following like where England are. And if it gets to the final, I'll get into the spirit, obviously. But, um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a big football fan on the best of days, as you guys know. I've been um, I've been tied up racking up half a billion video views on the internet. Oh, so, uh, here, we uh, here he is! Here he is! Here he is! I'm I thought you were going to say I'm more. I, I thought you were going to say, "Oh yeah, I'm more into the shooting, like shooting club and stuff like that." No, man, I'm down the gym. Down the gym, getting buff. Down the gym, getting buff, mate. Getting buff. <laughs> oh, well, mate. I uh, I fired up old uh, LinkedIn. This morning, and do you guys follow Jason Hawks? Yeah, the photographer. He's amazing. Aerial photographer, right? And I saw a post this morning, and he had posted um, a shot of Canary Wharf in 2016, and now in 2023. And I completely forgot 
just how much has been done in the Docklands and in Canary Wharf. Wood Wharf, of course, now has expanded it even further east. Like the amount of towers that have just like sprung up over the last six, seven years is unbelievable. And they're still coming, aren't they? They're still doing Wood Wharf, right? Yeah, so, there's still those carpet. I mean, when you look at um, from Greenwich Park, you know, in the mental health videos, we did some shots mm. from Greenwich Park. Like, that has transformed. It's funny you bring that up, actually, because I mentioned last week that my parents moved house. Uh, mm. And as we were doing that, where there was a box of my granddad's old stuff that we had to look through. Uh, and he passed away in 2008. He was 80 years old when he passed away. He was born in 1927. But in his stuff, there was this, right? This is a, a London guidebook. I'm holding it up and people can't see it on the podcast. But this is a guidebook of London from 1933, right? Wow. It's an incredible, wow. incredible book. Had a little look through it. And there's a little pull-out map in the middle. And Canary Wharf and Bermondsey and the Docklands is just literally a busy Docklands. Like there is there are no skyscrapers. There's no district. There's no There's no underground. Like it's... It's fascinating how much that part of London has changed, as you say, over the last few years. It's, yeah, incredible. Well, even people who haven't... I've got a painter decorator around, actually. He's in the hallway right now. But um, Get him on. Got, get him on, get him get him on, on man. Get him yeah. on, get him on, on. Gav. He'll come in for a cup of tea in a minute. All right, mate. John's yeah. a cuppa. I've been doing him coffees. I've been doing him regular coffees. But um, <laughs> I said, uh, I said to him, like, oh, when was the last time like you you were like in London properly? Like, I used to work in London a lot. I used to be out there all the time. But really, since the nineties, like I've yeah, you know, I try to avoid it when I can. And even like, I, I remember taking my my nan up there, you know, like a few years ago, and she goes, I can't believe how much it it keeps like changing. I like it. it I don't even recognize it. And I do think London in particular, you know, those old bomb sites that they or they threw up old mid-century like crappy housing or flats, they've all been torn down and there's just so much development, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. And it's just crazy how much cities change, ain't it? So yeah, you know, I, thought, I thought I'd bring that up. Yeah, it's a city that really does evolve, isn't it? And I think mm. it's interesting, Canary Wharf has had this it's having a transition at the minute. There's a lot more residential stuff coming in for the first time. You know, it used mm. to be very much office space and corporate and you sort of lived elsewhere, but now they are really building a lot more housing, a lot of it high-end luxury housing in places yeah. on and around that site, which is incredibly, incredibly interesting. In fact, I want to shout out to my mate Rick. So my mate Rick works for HSBC and he, uh, the HSBC are actually moving away from Canary Wharf now. Yeah, I read that. But he was saying there's this uh, this really nice bar we all go to for drinks like at lunchtime and after work, and they've put a new skyscraper up now, and there's a big uh, it's casting a big shadow over our bar. We've got no sunshine anymore. I was like, right, okay. <laughs> so you want me to do a B one M story about how the bankers no longer have sunshine in their bar <laughs> because the new skyscraper's gone up? Let's talk about first world problems. <laughs> that is a problem. That is a problem in London, though, especially when it's mm. spring and you're you want to go for a couple of drinks after work. You, I used to work in Soho, and it'd always be like, which pub has sun? It's half past three right now. Which none which of them pub have has sun this summer. <laughs> none of them have. There is no summer. There is no sun. It's rubbish. Yeah, it's been a bad summer. It's nice now, though. But yeah, it's been a bad summer. Mm, mm, yeah, you're over. It, yeah, I know, mate. <laughs> Cheers, Liam. Cheers, Mine's mate. <laughs> um, other big news this week is that our damn good video has had 1.7 million views as we sit here recording now. So we published it last Wednesday. It's now Tuesday, dear listener. We're recording this a little bit ahead of time. Uh, but yeah, 1.7 million views. It's had a damn good reaction. Thank you so much to everyone that's watched that. The feedback... Um, 
the very small handful of people that suggested I be the next James Bond. That is, that's flattery. <laughs> it's clearly wrong. But, you uh, could do sure. it, mate. You could do it, Fred. Yeah. If you're scraping, if you're scraping MGM, I'm right here. You know, I still I want act. Idris Elba, mate. I still want Idris Elba, but he's too old, isn't he? He's too old. Won't there be might be a woman next. Because isn't, wasn't the old 007 a woman? Maybe they're going to transition right. it that way. I don't want to get cancelled, but I'm good. <laughs> I'm good to see James Bond. I heard James a rumour. I yeah. heard a rumour that uh, Christopher Nolan was being approached and in talks for the Bond series. That would be awesome. Wow. Okay. That what he did for good. Batman was incredible. Yeah, that would be amazing. Okay. He's only going to do it if he can pick the Bond, apparently. Oh, do it. This might be do internet it. gossip, guys. I'm not sure if any of this has got any uh, basis in fact. I'm all for it, mate. Fake, I'm all for it. Fake, fake news. Fake news. <laughs> I read it on X, formerly Twitter. So mm. must be true. <laughs> got to be true. It's got to be true. <laughs> anyway, coming up this week for you guys, we've got Australians. Australians? We've got Australia's $6.3 billion mega project, Brisbane's Cross River Rail Scheme. Plans for a 23-story new science lab that have been approved in London. China's chemical bond-inspired pharmaceutical campus, which looks amazing. And as always, plenty of chat, plenty of banter, lots of your comments from the week. It's going to be a good episode. I'm ready for this. Let's do it. Let's get cracking. Let's go. First up this week, we are talking about Australia's $6.3 billion new mega project. This is a very, very big scheme. Excited to bring this one to you. It is happening in Brisbane, not a place we cover much from B1M, not a place that gets a lot of coverage worldwide, really, but that is that's that's a shame, right? Because Brisbane is on the up. It is the third largest city in Australia, but it's the fastest growing city in Australia. Around a thousand people move to the region every week. That is part spurred by the city uh, being due to host the 2032 Olympic Games, but also by a number of infrastructure investments that were kind of happening before the Olympics were awarded, that were kind of greenlit in order to help them with their Olympic bids, uh, including the $6.3 billion new Cross River Rail Scheme, or CRR. Uh, Now, Cross River Rail has a logo and a website, very similar to Crossrail in the UK, but they've kind of inserted the word river in there and it it looks good looks very fancy this is a very very cool and exciting infrastructure project uh yeah worth saying that brisbane were running unopposed in the end for the brisbane olympics so the announcement was a bit flat they did still cheer and jump (laughs) up and down but were they they were unopposed yeah such is the i mean they won it during the pandemic but um such is the the burden nowadays of hosting the olympic games does it doesn't have the same economic boost it used to have it just seems to cost a lot of money and cause a lot of hassle i do feel sorry for tokyo because they went ahead with the games didn't they and they were like and it was just so i don't even remember it happening really like i don't i can't name a single like eventful thing that happened in tokyo <laughs> you know so <laughs> it's a lot of money isn't it it's so much money and i think yeah it's all gone downhill really since london yeah since London, but maybe I'm a bit biased. Maybe I'm a bit biased. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, they reckon it's like minimum ten billion to host the Olympic Games. I know Paris are trying to do it cheaper, but the minimum investment is ten billion and China with Beijing went to like forty billion or something obscene. 
Why why did they do it? I don't know if Liam knows anything like that. Well, you I think you were living in London at the time, but um why would they put forward Brisbane as opposed to someone like Sydney or like Melbourne or I don't know. Yeah, uh, Sydney or Melbourne. I have no idea, mate. Uh Victoria uh, so that's Melbourne. Uh so Brisbane's in Queensland state. Um mm. Victoria's just turned down something. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, the Commonwealth, Commonwealth Games. Games. They pulled yeah, out they, of it because it was too expensive. Yeah, they agreed to it, and then they just pulled out. Um, I don't know if it's a state thing, mate. So whether it's like Queensland goes to it representing Australia or something, or they, you know what I mean? Um, mm, mm. And if it's chosen like that, it's like, okay, we're going to have, it's going to be in one state. So Queensland has it this time. Does that make sense? I'm completely mm. guessing, by the way. No, it makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. It does sound like, for, for Bris- as we talked about, Brisbane is kind of on the up. There's a lot of people coming there, and it's it's city on the rise. So for it to host the Olympic Games, albeit in like nine years' time, is quite a good move for it because it is going to bring in, it's going to put it on the world stage, it's going to bring in people, investment. It will be able to leverage the legacy of the Games, I think, to boost the city economically. So it's a good, it is a good move, but... I think for other more established cities now, it's just, I mean, yeah, you saw the lack of bids for it. It's just too much, too much money. Well, what is the um, like reputation of a city like Brisbane in Australia, Liam? Like, is it, is it seen as, because I know we, we did the video and to, to us, it seems like it's up and coming. Is that the general consensus of, of Brisbane in Australia? Like, are people thinking, oh, do you know what might move there? It's quite trendy. There's opportunity there or... Well, what what what's the deal with Brisbane? What's it known for? Uh, good weather. Nice oh, really? People. Yeah, Queensland has, has has amazing weather. It's like um, pretty mild all year round. Um, I think you, mm. I, I've got a, a friend and his wife actually just moved there. They're pilots. Um, they're originally from Sydney. Um, they've moved up there because it's more affordable. They can buy a bigger house. Uh, I think her yeah. family's from there as well. Um, house prices are a lot cheaper. Um, mm. living cost of living is a lot cheaper than they, I'm talking about New South Wales. Um, I'm assuming yeah. it's a lot cheaper than, than Victoria as well. Um, it is a nice place. I know it is up and coming with like restaurants and things like that. Um, it's a very laid back vibe as well. Um, it weren't yeah. until right. It weren't until this video. This is due to my ignorance, yeah, of of geography in Australia. Um, I did not realize that Gold Coast and Brisbane were pretty much like part of the same metropolitan, greater metropolitan area, right? They're like smack bang next door to each other, right? And in fact, this this rail is connecting stations from Gold Coast into Brisbane City, I think. And I, I mean, I know Gold Coast because it wasn't the tallest building in Australia in Q1. Q1. There we oh, go. Yeah. Q1, which is a decent looking building, actually. The, you know, the, the skyscrapers there do look good along the beach, it does look. I was looking mm. at the video. I thought I thought the B roll in the video was so good. Seeing it, seeing the city, it looked really gorgeous. Gold Coast is a bit down the coast, mate. It's about an hour and fifteen minute drives. Drive. Oh, is it really? Oh, yes. Right, it's not. Okay. In, it's it's quite it's quite far away. It's good they're getting a train line. I mean, that should just be standard, right? I'm, I'm assuming. I'm not sure if they have one now. Um, I'm assuming. But that will not, that will don't. that make it a lot more accessible? You know, like if I were to try and drive from like southwest London to northeast London, that's going to take over an hour, ain't it? You know, so yeah, yeah, but that's going through the city, isn't it? 
Yeah. If yeah, you drew, no, if you drew in a straight line, you'd probably do it in like 25 <laughs> minutes, wouldn't you? 30 minutes, maybe? <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> probably go around the M25 match. Uh, uh, is it, I'm is assuming it, it makes it more accessible. Uh, I've heard yeah, people call it Brizzy. Brizzy. Yeah. I've heard Brizzy. that. I've heard that. Oh. Little Brizzy baby. Yeah. Brizzy. So if you have a barbecue at Brisbane, it's a Brizzy Barbie. Brizzy Barbie, eh? Uh, I'd assume Brizzy. if you're in Brisbane, you wouldn't say Brizzy Barbie, mate. <laughs> like, I've never been. I'll have to ask someone. <laughs> um, anyway, Cross River Rail is happening in Brizzy. It is a 10.2-kilometer uh, new rail line with 5.9 kilometers of twin tunnels that dive under the Brisbane River and the Central Business District. Hence the name, guys, Cross River Rail. It's clever. Another cleverly named infrastructure mm. project on this mm. podcast. Mm. Um, pretty incredible. They're building a whole new railway right below downtown Brisbane. There are four new underground stations, eight upgraded stations, and the development of three new Gold Coast stations. So there's quite a lot going on. Um, as part of this video, we spoke to the man in charge, the CEO of the Cross River Rail Delivery Authority, Graham Newton, and he thinks the project's basically going to transform the city he would do he's the ceo of the project but there's some there's some good basis for this from what he's saying and we talk about this in the video brisbane is a city that's really defined by its river and the river is a huge several hundred meter wide deep tidal river and it kind of severs the city it kind of cuts it into two halves there aren't that many crossings over the river right now what this new railway is going to do is provide a new crossing over the river it's going to ease pressure on the current rail network which is currently nearing capacity and they reckon it's going to unlock this enormous economic potential and revitalize what have been previously disconnected districts and areas of the, of the project, sorry, of the city. So they reckon that the project will deliver all kinds of benefits. There is one report that says for every dollar invested, the project will return $1.41 in benefits for Queenslanders. So that's the, that's the power of infrastructure right there. They reckon the economic boost from this could be pretty sizable. Hmm. Where in in the video it said um, project projects benefit the projects benefits will outweigh the costs by one point nine billion Aussie dollars, right? Yeah. How is something like that measured? Like how? Where, like who come to that conclusion? Like I, I know infrastructure does benefit cities and economy, helps people get from A to B, and helps businesses kind of get the right people in, but. How's that measured and over what time span? Do we know anything it's, about that? It's super complicated, basically. Um, right. There's a, lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of economic analysis they do, which is looking at the connectivity between different parts of the city, how easy it is for businesses to get closer access to a workforce, i.e. that workforce mm. can get to them in a reasonable, commutable period of time for a reasonable cost, and the benefit that could bring to businesses, to trade, to the local area. It's, it's I'm basically touched, touched on the surface of the iceberg there tip of the iceberg there is a lot more to it than that we did talk about it a bit in the hs2 video we talk a bit about how high-speed rail can help bring cities closer together and that brings all kind of economic benefits um obviously this isn't a high-speed railway it's a new metro system um but i kind of take that away and come back to you perhaps in the next quiz i'll, yeah. I'll let you know how the economic oh. benefits oh well i'll write that down I'm going to be. <laughs> I'm doing the quiz next, mate. I'm doing the quiz next. Yeah. I'm ah. the quiz master. Oh, a good question, Nick. There's tons of people moving there, isn't there? Yeah. So the population, right, of Southeast Queensland is going to grow from what is 3.5 million people today 
up to 4.9 million people in 2036. Now that isn't that isn't as big as some other places in Asia right now, uh, but for for that kind of city to be growing that kind of rate is is huge, and it's actually going to put it on a par with Melbourne and Sydney. So Brisbane, Melbourne, and Sydney will be more or less the same size by that time, assuming Melbourne and Sydney you know, don't continue growing at the same rate they are as well. Um, more than eighty. Now, this is the thing where the railway comes in. More than eighty percent of that growth is going to happen just outside Brisbane in the suburbs, while forty-five percent of the job growth is happening in the city centre in the big metropolitan area. So this is like classic, uh, you know, big city where you have uh, the businesses, the the hubs, the offices in the centre, but the affordable housing is out in the suburbs. So connecting those two areas, enabling people to live and have an affordable home in the suburbs and commute in in a reasonable period of time is how you boost your economy that's how you get a workforce that can afford to come into the city do jobs in the city so that's why that's why they're building this basically it's a huge it's not just for the olympics obviously it's be super handy for traveling when the olympics hits town but they see the long-term potential of it which is yeah interesting i really liked the um parts of the video where you could see they were just like digging down in the middle of the city, like they're in the central business district. And I think in the video you guys describe it as open, or the the gentleman in it describes it as open heart surgery, like in the middle of the city, which I quite liked. And they're just like digging down, they're building these huge stations. Um, And I liked, I know know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, I actually quite liked the deep dive into the design of the stations, how people interact with it. But the whole thing, I love projects like this, and it really did remind me of when the Elizabeth Line was being built in London, because we saw really similar things, you know, really similar imagery. I wouldn't be surprised if they obviously looked at the Elizabeth Line across rail and wrote down some tips and tricks, maybe visited London you know, to see how it was done here and doing it over in Brisbane. I, it, it's it's really cool to see, really cool to see that sort of infrastructure. Yeah, built. definitely. I think there's, you know, retrofitting a underground metro line like this into an established built city is extremely complex, as we saw with the Elizabeth line. Like, yeah. And there's a mixture here, we talked about it in the video, but there's a mixture of tunnel boring machines, so TBMs digging these new tunnels underneath the city. But then they have to, for a new station, they basically, as you said, open heart surgery in the heart of the city is how Graham refers to it. They dig these huge boxes down into the into the sort of the city floor, effectively. Mm. Some, I think one of them was the biggest ever excavation in Brisbane. I'm not sure that's quite, quite a great accolade, but hey, There's biggest the, hole. Brizzy's, the deepest. Yeah, the deepest, deepest. I've ever dug. Mm. Brizzy's deepest hole, guys. <laughs> Mm. In this. there's a video title for you <laughs> <laughs> um, wrong, wrong channel mate wrong website yeah, yeah. That's, that's fans. Um, so anyway they dig these huge boxes that open air and then you find that the TBM the TBMs basically punch into those boxes and then so it's easier for them to build the stations more or less open air as far as possible although we talk about some of the complexity around that as well uh, it's all about how there's, there's these like station holes. When they get to a certain stage, where the station's you know increasing and it's being built in this open area, it's become more mm. enclosed. They have to kind of prefabricate elements that are dropped in through smaller openings and then reassembled and put into place down inside the station. They did that a lot with Bond Street in uh, in mm. the UK as well. There was a very tiny access point for Bond Street. One of the things that made Bond Street, the most particularly complex station of all of them on the Elizabeth Line. It opened slightly later because of the complexities. Um, so yeah, a, a fascinating project about how they've put this together. And I think one of the really interesting things for me was that 
we talk about this in the, in the video, but the software from Bentley being used to really help with the project complexities. It helped people understand the project in virtual form before they went and built it out on site. There was this literally like video game navigable virtual version of the projects and it helped them build the projects uh, more effectively with less errors but also meant that other projects and teams and developers doing things around the cross river rail sites could plan their developments make sure they were coordinating with them Um, and yeah it's really cool and that's not just a construction thing that's being used uh, after the railway's finished to train drivers update members of the public crazy uh, yeah, it's it's cool, right? Very cool. I loved it, and I liked that it was described as basically a video game. Like you've got a dude like with a VR headset just like walking around the station <laughs> testing it out. <laughs> I think I th- it's a really smart way of doing things. And I think even from like um, a design perspective, I wish we did that more to see actually how buildings and projects look and feel. As opposed to, here's a render. The building's not really going to look like the render. We're going to value engineer it. The cladding's going to be different. The, the proportions are going to be different. I really like this, and I liked. I think you just mentioned it, mate. But like the there's a um, disability group going and, and and reviewing like the route, testing it out to see if it's actually accessible. Just stuff like that's really smart. It's like really really smart. So. Yeah, I was I was well impressed by that. Sounds like a great job, you know, like whack on your VR headset and walk around a virtual station testing it out. It's a dream, isn't it? It's funny when I tell people outside the industry about that. When I describe, uh, oh, there's this new software where you can mm. like virtually look at the project or the skyscraper before it's built, and they can make sure it's going to be designed properly. People just look at me like, "Hey, what you don't do that already? Like, why is that innovative in construction?" Like. Surely wild. you check all this stuff before you build it. It's like, nah, not always, guys. Digital technology is more widespread now, but um, it's it's still a bit of a new thing, which is a bit weird. Yeah, um, Some timelines for you, because I think we should put some timelines down on the record here, because this yeah. project, uh, being a major infrastructure project by our national government, uh, as we know, has the propensity to take more time and go over budget. Things are okay for them at the minute, but uh, yeah hopefully that stays the same basically early works kicked off back in august 2017 uh major contractors then started their work in late 2019 whole project is due to open in 2026 and that is well ahead of the 2032 olympics i don't even want to think about how old i'm going to be when those <laughs> hit. but I'm like, oh, i remember when they built around <laughs> uh, so yeah that, that's the timeline Hopefully they stick to it, but uh, let's see. Are you excited for this railway hitting Brizzy? I am. I am, mate. I might um, go up there and take a ride on the train, mate, when it's done. <laughs> I, can, you know? I can hear it in your voice. I can hear the excitement. See? I think it is a really cool project, though. I do. I um, I wish we had some more stuff on the TBMs and how they actually worked on the projects, um, just because I find that stuff super interesting. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's cool. I think. As well, Brisbane, I think coming into a developing into an international city is quite an interesting thing to follow, especially because I think we're going to see some new skyscrapers over the years and we're going to be able to feature mm. them on the channel, which 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 interests me. I mean, the skyscrapers, they already look pretty neat. You know, they got some really cool looking towers there. You know, I saw, yeah, what- I, I actually wrote that down. Like the, the, the city looks really, really pretty. 
in the what video. What was the project we covered a couple of years ago? Was it Queen's Wharf, Fred? Yeah, massive new project on the riverfront there in Brisbane. Uh, mixed use developments with uh, mixed use podium. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's an incredible project. I've been following uh, them. They have a really good social media uh, set of accounts which always post updated photos and oh, wow. stuff for that project so yeah yeah i never i never never even heard of that that looks decent doesn't it what do you mean it was a big b1m video what do you mean never heard mm. of it never heard of it mate must have skipped that one. Oh, <laughs> unreal <laughs> might have been unreal. um pre you subscribing to the channel loop yeah probably three, three 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 years ago that was pre-covid yeah i was still i was still probably in school from? mate at that time you know <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it is all happening down in Brizzy, guys. They've got uh, Queen's Wharf, great big multi-billion dollar project, and the new Cross River Rail Scheme, $6.3 billion. It's awesome. We've got tunnels under a major city. We've got stations being fitted. There's some really cool footage of the engineering in this video. Go and check it out. It's over on the B1M right now. Fantastic project. Uh, And let us know what you think. Get your emails coming in. Podcast at the B1M.com. Also in the news this week, we are kicking off with a new 23-storey tower that's been approved now in London. It's a new science lab. Uh, Cone Pedersen Fox, KPF designed. We love a bit of KPF on this podcast. Uh, it's rising in Canary Wharf. It's called One North Key. Uh, when it completes in 2027, it's going to become Europe's largest and most technologically advanced commercial health and life sciences building. That's uh, That's niche for us, but anyway... We actually talked about this before. We talked about it a few months back, but it's now had official planning approval. It is happening. Very nice, very colourful. You're going to have a sky lounge with nice views and a little sort of breakout space. And it's all part of a wider upgrade of this area into a big health and life sciences campus on the waterfront in Canary Wharf. Kind of part of this strategy to diversify Canary Wharf a bit more. And I think it's actually part of a bigger scheme to attract more uh, investment into the UK. So. Yeah, I like this. What do you reckon? What do you guys reckon? Uh, I like the shape. I like the idea, but the colours, Fred. That red and yellow vertical cladding looks diabolical. I think it's an absolute joke. I like the idea. I like the idea of adding a bit more colour to towers and to the area. You know, Canary Wharf, which at, at times can feel a, li- a little bit sterile. Um but no, this you don't, it doesn't mean you just get to do red a weird nineties red yellow color palette. It's weird, and it's a weird choice. Like, why is it red and yellow? What's that? What's the point? What's it for? What's the What's the matter with you? It's nice. It's nice to bring some color into the city. No, mate, not like this. This is tragic. Absolutely <laughs> oh, tragic. The other the other towers in the render, yeah. You got like that yellow building in the background and a green, like almost like a terracotta greeny coloured tower on the far right of the first image. That looks sweet. But the red and yellow vertical cladding, it looks so cheap and nasty. Hopefully Ooh. the finish doesn't look like that, but there's literally a development in Lewisham that looks like this, mate. You know, and this is Canary Wharf. Like, I, I don't, Whoa, I don't buy into it. I'm going to go at Lewisham now. What's wrong with Lewisham? It's not Canary Wharf. And Canary oh. Wharf isn't Lewisham. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Don't diss think... KPF. I love I love KPF. No, they've got it I wrong can't. on this one, mate. I think you've I think you've gone too Ooh. sweet. You're too sweet on KPF. Oh KPF. I love KPF. Liam, help us out, mate. Adjudicate. Who's right? Uh mate, I don't like the colours either. Oh. My man. Sorry. You you both bully me on this nah, podcast. My man. I just I just don't I just yeah. I mean, maybe if they were like lights and they lit up at night, I'd have a different opinion. But I am just not into buildings with colours on it. You're not into buildings with colours on them? What? Not like red and yellow. Yeah, not like this. Not like, like this. Red. Not like skyscraper not like goes to the disco. There is a, yeah. a building like this in uh, around the Vauxhall area, which I despise, which they've put colours on. I, I, just, I despise most buildings around Nine Elms. I'm sorry. It's where architecture goes to die. I remember I you telling me that think. when I met you. Yeah. When I met you, you were like, oh, yeah, Vauxhall, where architecture goes to die. I was like, oh, classic, proper nerd, love it. I think in, in Canary Wharf, it's nice to have a bit of colour. And to back me up, here's a load of comments. The top comments all supporting my view, right? So Sam says, nice to have something with a colour for a change. Correct. Someone else just says gorgeous. Someone else says looking forward to watching this rise next to my place of work. Someone else saying love the colour. Would be nice to see what other products are going to go on in cities uh, around the UK looking like this. Oh gosh, I, I love not. the design. Design is very nice. Fire emoji, impressive. Wrong. Canary Wharf still has plenty of life in it. Bravo <laughs> for London. I can go on and on and on. Clearly, I'm right. Good thing. Good thing. Architecture is not I've democratic. Some, eh? I you can know? read some comments. Against that, <laughs> from the comment section. Go on, Liam. Go on, mate. Go on. <laughs> Why is modern architecture in London so crap? I disagree. With <laughs> that. I mean, that's that's not true. Yeah, that's no, not true no. at all. Yeah, that's baseless. That's thrown yeah. out. Of court, I think honestly, one. if you if you've if you if it lights up in colours with light like coloured lights, I think that would look a lot better. I just don't think just during the day. I'm just I'm just not into like bright red and yellow on a building. Just do it or do it one colour. Do it one colour. If you're going to go for a colour, to brighten it up. Just do, yeah, do do it. Do, English and, mustard, please. And I think the point is, have a reason. <laughs> have a reason for it. Have a reason for it. Why is it red? Why is it yellow? <laughs> um, well, hey, there's a comment here from Kyle, right? This is Kyle. Oh, I think it could brilliant. be Luke. But I think his name's Kyle. Excellent. He says, okay, first off, London has the single ugliest collection of skyscrapers in the history of the universe. <laughs> Revolting and hideous and an affront to the rest of the city's beautiful architecture. Have a laugh. But, but this actually looks semi-decent. And well, the last, it says it looks nice. Is this, is this a renaissance is what you say? Is this a renaissance in London? Well, Kyle, you've got bad taste, mate. If you believe that and you think this is the renaissance, then you're an idiot and you've got bad taste. That's it. <laughs> I can't help I can't help you. I can't help. That's it. Done. That, Sorry. R- that render with the city skyline on it is phenomenal. Oh, with the um the second last slide is beautiful. You got this the London skyline is beautiful. Mm-hmm. See that nice no, that roof little proper, chunky thing on the left? Yeah. It's that building on the left, Fred, sticking out. It's that one on the left, mate. <laughs> That's the shot. That's <laughs> no, no, no. no, no, no. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. Going across, there's a bit more right. There's the walkie talkie right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's, nice it's, it's so prominent, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that is the rooftop sky lounge. And again, the weather, that again, you good. can't see this, guys, but the weather of this rooftop sky lounge is a beautiful, warm London sunset. People sitting there with drinks and t shirts. I mean, can't see that happening. Not in summer twenty three, anyway. But uh, we'll we, we'll do that at the Novotel, mate. You and I, you know, Canary mm. Wharf Novotel. 
We go mm. to the rooftop bar, don't we? Just that's a once. Fred and Luke thing. We went there once, Luke. I mean, that don't get carried good. away. Don't mate. act like we're not going to do it again, mate. Fred like it's our special place or something. We it is one of our. You. It's one of our special places. You're obsessed with oh, me, aren't you? You have this wow. obsession with me. <laughs> yeah, this is all just a front, mate. Just to get closer to the to the big mills, you know. We're so. digressing here, dear listener. What do you think stand. of this? Or what do you think of the colours? What do you think of this uh, one North Key in Canary Wharf? Cone Pedersen Fox Design. It's up on our Instagram and our social media. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Get your comments coming in over at podcast at the B1M.com. Mm. Uh, now we are going over to China again, where uh, a pharmaceutical campus has been completed. Now, please hear me out. I know on the surface that sounds a bit dull, uh, but it has this very cool facade that is chemical bond inspired. It's designed by Oli Architecture. It was completed uh, last year in 2022. Uh, it's in Shuzhou. I've probably got that wrong, but it's got a state-of-the-art manufacturing and R&D facility right across this campus. And at the middle of it is this, sorry, in the middle of it is this 80-meter tall uh, R&D and administration building, which has got this very cool facade inspired by chemical bonds. And I love that. I love the way they've designed the architecture to really fit the building's use. Mm. I think it looks, I think it looks sweet. Yeah, I agree. It's a good story as well, isn't it? When you compare those two things up. Also, how cool is the the little water area with the with the walkway mm. leading up to the the lighting yeah, big again time. under it? Big looks time. Yeah, it just looks it looks nice. So, just to clarify, you both like this, yeah? And it I has like color, this. but good use of this color. Is, this is what I'm coming to. It's got color on it, but yeah. good use of color. It's not bright good red. Use of color. Would you ever wear yeah. a piece of clothing like? Red pants and a yellow shirt. Like trousers, <laughs> for you like guys. a lifeguard. Trousers. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't. So why would you paint a building like that? <laughs> there's a, there's a time and a place. There's a yeah. time and a place. Lisbon, Lisbon, great example. Time and a place. Yeah, it looks beautiful. The architecture suits the bright colours and stuff. And this, it's funny that we got two buildings that kind of serve a similar purpose. Oh. Right, like with Canary Wharf and this I one in Suzhou, right? What, where, where, however you pronounce it. Excuse my uh, my ignorance, but this is top notch. This is one of the best towers buildings we've reviewed on on the potty. <laughs> it does. It's so good. It's so good. I remember, like, literally, I clicked. I saw this on Instagram. Clicked on Instagram. This saw this. I was like, mate, this is absolute class. It's not too crazy for for its function, for its size, the surroundings, the ramp up to it, the water around it, the the cladding isn't too overstated. It's so clever. It is mm-hmm. so clever, so intelligently put together. Um, this is outstanding. And you could you could put this, you could take this and put it on that Canary Wharf site. And it's so much better. It works so much better than <laughs> yeah. the, the, than the than the lump with the random vertical. Oh, we're going to make it go ye- yellow to red. Why? What's the point? There's no reason. It's just like they've gone. Oh, let's do it yellow and a bit of red to to mix it up a little bit to make mm. it funky. Oh, I love how stupid. mysterious this one looks. It looks like it is serving that purpose. You know what I mean? You look at it and you're like, oh yeah, that kind of looks like a like a pharmaceutical kind of lab you know what i mean yeah it's, it's, it's the mysterious side of it yes i do know what you mean yeah i agree it's super <laughs> what do you think fred what do you think? No, no i agree with you I, I i i think they're both good buildings i hadn't i hadn't planned to put two 
medical buildings on the same podcast. I hadn't realised until Luke said it, basically. It's completely by accident. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I like it. I think it's good. And I'd say the reason we featured it is because I think that that uh, facade inspired by chemical bonds is really clever. It's a really mm-hmm. good way of linking in the use of the building with the architecture. So, so yeah, the kind of thing one might enter for construction story of the year, oh. 2023. <laughs> nice transition. <laughs> deadline is fast approaching guys you have until the 25th of august to make an entry for free for construction story of the year get your entries coming in we'd love to hear from you uh yeah send them in send them in uh luke what is happening over in the email message comments inbox what you got for us right we got an email in from harry laurie um titled retrofit he goes hey guys love the podcast as a student of sustainable housing design i especially like your tomorrow's builds videos uh, and appreciate you guys for raising awareness of important issues in construction your recent post about euston tower got me thinking about retrofit and the architects journal campaign retro first 80% of the building stock that we will use in 2050 has already been built so sustainable retrofit is essential to meet net zero by 2050. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it or even see a video. Keep up the great content, guys. Harrison. P.S. Luke should definitely be Quizmaster next time. And make sure you give Liam some crazy difficult questions. <laughs> That's true. He's written that. <laughs> so what, what, what are we saying to old Harry Harrison? What are we saying? About the old um, retrofit. He's a hundred percent right. And we have mm. done some videos on it. We've done some uh some pieces on it over the years. Uh, and you're right, most of the buildings that are going to be around in twenty fifty currently exist today. So it's existing building stock that we need to upgrade uh and address, as well as building in a more sustainable way. So yeah, that's that's a huge task. Um and using our existing built environment and converting it into a more uh sustainable built environment is one of the biggest challenges we face. So yeah wholeheartedly support it it's something that the world needs to be doing a lot more of we have talked about it quite a bit on tomorrow's build uh, so thanks for shouting that out to us harry um but also on the other channel the b1m and across our other platforms as well uh yeah it's it's one of those things where it is really important but it's something that the world they just don't want to hear it a bit sometimes it's it's difficult it's complicated it's expensive um, and really, it's only when you talk to businesses or people about this benefiting their bottom line or their personal energy bills that you start to get traction on it. I know a lot of governments around the world have done uh, grants for house insulation or house insulation upgrades, um, things like that, to try and get this happening, to try and mature the market and make these kind of things cheaper. But um, yeah, it's it's a complex area. It's not the most exciting of areas, but... <laughs> It's it's critically important. It's critically important. <laughs> and I think I think we I, they also got to make it right. You know, obviously, I went on my rant last week or whenever it was about the Euston Tower and the retrofit there. Make it work, but they made it work in Sydney like so well, so well. So yeah, it's got to happen more often for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's yeah. the email of the week, mate. Email of the week. So this future quiz thing, because I'm very excited about this. Are we each going to mm. do like 10 questions each? Or are you just going to be the quiz master? Luke, I'm, it's me versus Liam. Fred, Fred, I'm the quiz master and it's you versus Liam. But we have to fit, I'm gonna figure out I'm gonna figure out a way to, to do it so it's nice and fair and no one's buttoning like what I did last time. Mm. But I can't help it because I won, you know? I swept. 
can't I? I'm a comp- I'm a competitive guy. Well, you know? <laughs> when you rig the system, <laughs> you're gonna win. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. No comment. No, no comment. Don't you Joke. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm excited. Uh, can I, Can you give us like broad topic areas so I can do some summer holiday revision? Mm, yeah. No. No. Sky skyscrapers. skyscrapers. Yeah. <laughs> it's a I'd, I'd like it's going to be skyscrapers and canary infrastructure. Dear Lord, let's get some can- infrastructure. Sounds a bit Canning Town. <laughs> Oh, got it done. Woo. Got it done. Yeah, go on. What were you saying, Liam? You wanted a little favor. You got to have infrastructure projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It'll be. Only doing be the latest residential apartment in Birmingham or <laughs> wherever. Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah, you was going right. about Birmingham, mate. Mate, do I? I got. That's I got where my family live. Well, I've got I? my fam. Got my family down. From Birmingham. Oh, here he is. This here he is. Talking about it again. Talking about it right now. <laughs> oh, Jumping at the God chance to talk about it. Yeah, I love it. The 0121. The 0121. Yeah. Great, great curry. Great curry in Birmingham. Great curry. Right. I can imagine. Thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate you tuning in. Get your reviews coming in. Get your feedback coming in. And we will see you next week. Can you hear that loud tractor outside my window? They're all like one. I think they're cats called like Margot, and one's called like Jude, and oh, Jude. one's called uh, what's the <laughs> other one? Called? He's going away again. Is there cars tooting? Yeah, let's do it. I've got, I've got opinions, mate. I've got opinions. Oh. I know nothing, <laughs> nothing new. Right, get out of here, sheep. Go back to your pen. <laughs> <laughs>